I just have a simple message today. The best is yet to come. I just came by to tell you, don't think we're on to some new road. The best is yet to come. Fist bump somebody, say, the best is yet to come. Do it again. Say, I believe the best is yet to come. Say it like this, I'm hungry for what's to come. Come on and praise him if you agree. I don't need to preach this message. You got it, you got it. But let's, 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 let's go to this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. And let, let's watch this. Every, every spirit, every in the heavenly realm has already say already. What are you waiting for? The money's in the bank. Make a withdrawal. Already been not just put there, but lavished upon us as a love gift. Oh, I got it off. This preaches itself. From our wonderful Heavenly Father. Oh, Paul's beside himself now. But Paul's doing helicopters while he writes this. The Father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all our hearts. Come on, church. Come on, church. And watch this. And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. You were saved before you were saved. Because of his great love, he ordained us. By the way, there's a sermon here, right? So that he would be seen as holy, we would be seen, we would be seen as holy in his eyes, an unstained innocence. Well, that passion translation comes through, doesn't it? For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children. How many of you have delightful children? Yeah, we'll just go with that in a minute. Through our union with Jesus, the Anointed One, so that His tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify His grace. For the same love He has for His beloved One, Jesus, He has for us. Can you fathom that? He loves you like He loves Jesus. And this unfolding plan brings Him great pleasure. Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by His blood. The total cancellation of all our sins. Ooh, come on. All because of the cascading riches of His grace. This superabundant grace is already powerfully working. All, say already. What are you waiting on? Already powerfully working in us, releasing within us all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. Y'all should be really smart. And through the revelation of the Anointed One, He unveiled His secret desires to us. God is the hidden mystery of His long-range plan. I mean, no God has a long-range plan. Woo! Which He was delighted to implement from the very beginning of time. Y'all, y'all don't mind if I read this, do you? 
And because of God's unfailing purpose, this detailed plan will reign supreme through every period of time until the fulfillment of all the ages finally reaches its climax. When God makes all things new in all of heaven and earth through Jesus Christ, through our union with Christ, we too, we too, we too, have been claimed by God as His own inheritance. Did you know God has an inheritance and it's you? Before we were even born, He gave us our destiny. Hello, fortune people. Listen up, Facebook. Before we were born, we have destiny that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in His heart. God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to long for the messianic hope would be the first to believe in the anointed one, bring great praise and glory to God. And because of Him, when you who are not Jews, so that's me, heard the revelation of truth, you believed in the wonderful news of salvation, now we've been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. Verse 14, He is given to us like an engagement ring. He's given to a bride as the first installment of what's coming. He is our hope promise of a future inheritance which seals us until we have all of, all of, all of, how many know there's more coming? All of redemption's promises and experience complete freedom, all for the supreme glory and honor of God. Look at verse 13, one more time in the King James Version. In whom ye also trusted, after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after ye believed, ye were sealed with that holy spirit of promise. I think the New King James Version says that you've received the earnest the earnest of the Holy Spirit. Now, I've heard preachers preach this, and they say, in other words, the Holy Spirit is the down payment on what heaven's about to give you. But when you look at the Greek word, it comes from a Hebrew word, actually, and it, and it, and it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't really mean down payment. For instance, if you were to buy a house and you had to put a down payment, what is it, like 20%? you got to put 20%. And if that's the case, we can almost figure out how much God's going to give us. If what I have now is 20%, I can kind of figure out how, how good this is going to get. But i got news for you this morning. It's going to get better, so listen. These are hazards to my health. This is a picture of me hugging this on my way down. Lord Jesus. <laughs> this word does not really mean down payment. It means earnest money. For instance, you go by the car shop and you see a $50,000 car and you fall in love, but you don't have time to buy it today, and you say, will you hold that for me? And they say, I'll hold it if you give me some earnest money. Now, the earnest money, not 
it, it, it could be a hundred dollars. It's not very much. Now, now you lose it if you don't give it, but it's just a slump. It just means you're serious. You can go buy. You say, I, I want, I want to. Yeah, I go to my realtor, and there's a three hundred fifty thousand dollar house. And I don't have time for that, but I, I'm really serious about this. So I'll, I'll put down. So you might just put a couple hundred dollars, but that holds the house. Holy Spirit in you is earnest money from God. There's no way you're ever going to figure out how big this thing is because it's not a down payment. It's just the earnest money. It's just a promise from God that I'm giving you the Holy Spirit and it's just a little fraction of what you're going to get. But it's my promise you're going to get it all. Somebody. Oh, praise the Lord. Chapter 2, verse 4. How many are still here? But God, so but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. Watch this. And raised us up together. This is for all the tree hunters. We're in this together. He could have just easily said, I raised you up. He said, I raised you up together. How do you know we need some unity to be able to realize that we're doing this? And made us, there it is again, sit together. Sitting is, is what is sitting mean? Sitting is the place of authority, of ruling. In Christ Jesus. That, oh, here's the purpose. That in the ages to come, we, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. You know, one of the reasons God's so good to you is because he wants to brag on it from now throughout eternity. <laughs> You know what? I just thought of another reason. I think he likes to rub it in the devil's nose. Woo! Look at how good I am. The devil's like, yeah, right. That's why they won't leave you. You know what? You know what? I, if Jesus never did another thing for me, I think I have a reason to shout for all eternity for the rest of my life. Anybody with me on that? Amen. I'm not serving it for what I can get. I'm serving it because of who he is. God, how many feel him in the house this morning? Listen, we see a glimpse of how this all works in Acts chapter 15, verse 16 through 18. After this, I will return. How many know he's coming back? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. How many knows some things have fallen in the church world today? I don't want to get negative. I don't want to get into that. I just want to talk about the best of the time. He said, "I will." Emphasis on if God wills it. How many believe it's going to happen? 
I will rebuild its ruins. And I will set it up purposely so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. The tabernacle of David was for the Jews. But he said, I'm going to reset it, rebuild it, so everybody on the planet can get in on this. Even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, you know you're called by his name, says the Lord who does all these things known to God from eternity are all his works. Now, I don't have time this morning to explain the tabernacle of David. That is a sermon series by itself, so don't get nervous. But let me just say this. It was basically David organizing a pattern of worship where he had shifts of people, worship leaders, coming in to the tabernacle, which was a tent. Oh, there's another reason to keep this up. Looks like a tent. This is the tabernacle tent. I shouldn't have said that. I don't know what these things are. It looks pretty well. We can change the colors by the seasons. So, 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 listen to me. He built this tent, the one that's been. He built this tent, and he put the Ark of the Covenant in the tent. I like that song. I forget which one it is. But he was jealous of the birds in the tent. Because he said the birds could fly in the tent and sit there and just be in the presence of God all day long. He was jealous of the of the birds sitting up there. We're glad there's no birds in here. Twenty-four hours a day. They weren't just strumming on the guitar and playing music. They were prophesying. Twenty-four hours a day, every day of the week, for about forty years. Constant worship. I, 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 I'm glad we're at the point now where there's a prayer meeting in this building every day of the week. Can we give God praise for that? Amen. I think it's in your book to check it out. Show up once in a while and shock those who come regularly. It might just be one or two people sometimes. It's six o'clock in the morning. It's all the time. But I'm here to tell you, summer in the morning, summer at night, but we're on our way. Wouldn't it be great if we had 24-hour worship? Well, y'all get nervous now. But you don't have to have it organized in a building. This is the New Testament. What he's saying is we need a song in our heart. We need to walk in the Spirit. A lot of us, most of us, visit in the Spirit. I'm not here. No. How many of us can, don't we can, but how many of us can say it's so good to walk? to be aware of his presence all the time. In the Old Testament, he would just fall on people for a purpose. He would lift off. I, I, I preached this before, but this is, this is too good to let it go. People say, when I get to heaven, I've got to ask Moses what it's like to split the Red Sea. 
I gotta ask, I gotta ask Elijah what it was like to call fire down from heaven. I, I gotta ask Kitty what it was like to just him and three hundred and defeated about thirty thousand of the enemy. Ah, oh, right, I got that's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's just great. You know, I'm just gonna go around asking, but while I'm up there, I, I believe Moses is gonna call out and say, "Hey, hey, hey, Bruce, Bruce." Now that you ask that, let me ask you a question. What's it like to have the Holy Spirit on you 24 hours a day, every day of the week? Ah, I never experienced that. Oh, somebody praise the Lord that you live in the New Testament and the Holy Ghost lives in you. Wow. Praise God. Amen. Amen. How many here know what I'm saying? David Cameron, I want to restore worship. To the church. By the way, this is a quote for Amos from Amos chapter 9 and verse 11. Right? On that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David which has fallen down. Repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old. They shall possess the remnant of Edom, all the Gentiles will come by my name, says the Lord, who does this thing? Watch this. This part wasn't quoted. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. How many believe it's going to get better? When the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes, he will sow seed. The mountains, wow. Those strong back to the thirties, big rock candy mountain. I don't know if you know that song. The mountains shall drift. It's really a song for alcoholics, so it doesn't apply. But the mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills will shall flow with it. And we're, we're talking about wine, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Do you understand what that means? The plowman will overtake the reaper, the treader of grace, him who sows. See, and, and, and what, what he's what he's saying is kind of a, it's actually kind of a three-person deal. But someone someone goes and, and he plows up the ground, and right behind him is another guy dropping seed in the ground. But here's the miracle: there's a third person coming behind the seed planter, and as soon as the seed planter steps over the seed, this guy back here harvests it. Things are going to get better in Journey Life Center. We're going to be able to harvest seeds the minute we believe it's... Y'all know what a great treader is. There's those, those barefooted girls in there. Remember the Lucy show, right? One of the few shows I can still talk about in um, public. Every show on TV has an agenda, and you know what the agenda is, don't you? So he's in there just tramping on those grapes. But here's what he said. The treader of grapes, him who sows seed. That's how that's going to work. But I know it takes years for a grapevine to develop and bear years, several years, from seed to harvest. But he says, while you're stomping it out, they're just going to keep throwing grapes in there. God's going to bless. God's going to bless. The mountains will flow, not water, but wine. 
the wine of the Holy Spirit flowing into this church. Does anybody believe in God? These are the last days. God's going to show up greater than He did in the first century. If you believe that, give God a shout. Greater! The early and the latter reign together. That means twice as great as the early church. How many are up for that? So we need, like David, Bring in the presence of God. You know the story. Second Samuel, chapter six. I'll close with this. This doesn't mean I'm almost done, but I'm going to close. Now it's told King David, saying, "The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom." You know what? When you hear that God's blessed somebody's house, instead of being jealous, they don't deserve that. Well, you're right. You don't deserve what God gave you. Don't be all that. But He gives it to us anyway because we're hidden in Christ. He blessed the house of Obed Edom. Remember, they, they parked the ark there. He parked the ark in Edom's house. And all of a sudden, Obed-Edom started getting blessed. I mean, everything about, oh, man, money started, checks coming in the mail. I mean, he was just being blessed. And David said, hmm, I need to get my ark back. <laughs> because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. Listen, some of you, some of you when you're praying, you look like you're birthed on a calf. I mean, you just... Smile once it was. I'm sorry. Speaking of calves, and so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. We're not sure, absolutely, but it just, the text seems to imply that he did this every six paces. So he would go six paces and Slaughter a few oxen and a few sheep. Imagine how long that would take and put build an altar. And, and everyone's kind of like, come on, it's past noon, preacher. And then they would walk six more feet and another sacrifice. Because he's worthy. Then David. And this is not a one time dance. David's young here, he could dance all day. He danced. Before the Lord, with all His might, it wasn't just a little charismatic piece. He was dancing. Oh, this is on Facebook, and y'all are just too many eyes on me right now. David danced because I got to face Gloria later. I am not going to do it. <laughs> David danced before the Lord with all. It didn't say skill. Oh, there you go. It didn't say ability. It didn't say he did the dance from what's that school of dance? The famous school of dance. Because none of you have been there. Okay. 
No, that's music. Whatever. Juilliard. And David the king, who's supposed to be dressed in royal attire. Listen, back then, if you were royalty, your clothes were so expensive and so layered and so beautiful and so complex. You literally needed someone to help you get dressed every day. Now, if you were a slave, you woke up with what you went to bed with. You had one gown, you washed it once a month, and that was it. But with your royalty, you got off. So David took off all the royalty. Oh, come on, that'll preach. He took off his authority. Sometimes you gotta take off your your I'm all that kind of clothes. You need to take off well I'm in charge kind of clothes. You need to take off the kingly clothes when you worship. You can't worship as king because he's king of kings. You can't worship the king acting like the king. If you're gonna see why do people not people now? Well, because sometimes they're acting like kings. I'll tell you what, I'll never fall like that. You're the first one to go. So he puts on, some people say he was naked. He wasn't naked. He had a linen ephod. He wore priestly. He was a priest at that moment. He's not from the tribe of Levi, but he represented Jesus from the tribe of Judah. He represented the transition we now see. We don't worship as Levites now. We're Judahites. Are you, are, you, are you hearing me? Jesus. Judah means praise. Y'all know that. So, so all, so David, all the house brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting. Now, there, there, were, there were, you know, very, very dignified. Hallelujah. What are they doing in churches when they read the songs and says, shout to the Lord, and everyone goes, shout? If the Bible says shout, does that not mean shout? Let's do a shout to the Lord. There's some charismatics in here. With the sound of the trumpet. Come on, there were. I gotta preach this. There is, there is something to noise. Some one may say, "Well, God's not deaf. Well, He's not nervous either." You can shout to the Lord with the sound of the trumpet. How many know that? And that means the shofars, hundreds, thousands of shofars. Now, as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David. Michael, Saul's daughter, the former king. Y'all know your Bible? Saul, a type of a flesh appointment. David, a type of a spiritual appointment. And Saul had a daughter that married David. Come on, church. And she's still like her daddy. Looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling. I knew he did helicopters. 
I'm, I'm stuck on that little topic. I'm sorry. Whirling before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. My God. Jump, jump over. Then David returned to, I've never noticed this before, that he returned to bless his own house. Do you know you can bless your own house? Do you know you should bless your own house? You don't need someone else to come bless your house necessarily, but you can bless your house. But it really makes the enemy upset when you bless your house. That's okay, greater is he that is in the house than he that is in the world. And she says sarcastically, how glorious was the king of Israel today. You're not like that. Uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants. Look, jealousy there, Michael. As one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. You weren't very kingly. Dancing around that loose east flock. Definitely not going to go there. So David said to Michael, This is his house. It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your daddy. And all his house to appoint me ruler of the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music. I will play music before the Lord. Come on. And I will be even more undignified than this. Wife, you haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> if you think that's undignified, wait till I get up tomorrow morning. Because I intend to praise the Lord every day. I'm going down to the tent uh, where, the, where the ark is. And I intend to dance around the ark. And I intend to praise the Lord all the days of my life. And if it bothers you, you're just going to have to get over it. For the maid servants of whom you have spoken by them, I will be held in honor. Therefore, Michael, the son of the daughter of Saul, had no children. You know why some churches are not bearing fruit? Why are they bearing? Because they will not worship. They will not worship. How dare you raise your hands? How dare you say, Amen? We're too dignified for that. No, you're just dead. Oh, come on, sir. Just dead. Sorry. Well, Saul churches. David churches. You know, while David, this is great. I'll close my point. I promise. Sorry. While David has the band playing 24 hours a day, and there are prophets prophesying over Israel. And by the way, Israel was never greater, including today, in the eyes of the world than it was when David was king. Look at the, at the boundaries. Israel never was bigger, more prosperous. You know how much the temple cost in today's money? Four billion dollars. He assembled all that. He paid for all that. Solomon just put it together. Oh, come on, church. Four billion on one building. No one's ever, no one's ever spent that much on a building. Come on, someone help me. 
That was for the glory of God. Some of you are so cheap-minded, you're like, I wonder what they paid for this. Let me show you something. If Gloria bought it, it's 80% off. So, mm-hmm. Praise God. Not paying full price for anything. She got a bargain on her marriage license. I know what I'm talking about. Her dad actually asked me how much I paid for her. He really did. You know, how much do you pay for her? He had to know her dad. So, all right, anyway. What in the world was I? No, you got to go further back than that. Four billion. Say what? Let's just go there, Marla. Let's just go there. God is so good. Yeah. Pojo's closing. We need better vitamins. We need better vitamins. Jesus help us. You know, whenever the devil, because Michael tried to curse him, basically. Don't let the enemy curse you. He'll try and you'll feel the pressure. But there is no weapon formed. It is formed. And it is formed against you. But it cannot prosper. Oh, yeah, come on, sir. You need to hang on to this. You need to go home before you walk into your home. You need to say, I bless this house. It is an embassy of heaven, the presence of God, and heaven itself is in these acres right here. This is God's property. You can go to Moscow today, but if you go into the U.S. Embassy in Moscow, you are on United States soil. Woo! Glory to God. You are an embassy of heaven. Your home is sacred, holy, but your home is heaven. And I feel like it's a But your home is heaven. Let's stand on the Word of God. Things are going to get better. The Lord is up to something. Listen, I know it's Christmas. 